Welcome to Out of the Box with Christine, the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs. Are you willing to step into your greatness? Are you ready to shine? Well, get ready, truth seeker. You're in for an amazing ride. And now, here's the host of the show, Christine Blasden. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host, Christine Blasdale, and I am so happy that you tuned in today because we are going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects. As you know, this is the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs. And if you're listening, you are most likely an entrepreneur or you're thinking about it. Maybe you're thinking about starting your own business. Well, this is the show you want to stay tuned for. My guest today is Sarah Townsend. And Sarah is a marketing copywriter, as well as the best-selling author of Survival Skills for Freelancers. And boy, Sarah, have you tapped into something really big because (laughs) there's an explosion of, of people becoming entrepreneurs and freelancers, and especially women. And so we're gonna talk about all that. Welcome to Out of the Box, Sarah. Thank you, it's lovely to be here. And with that accent, I can tell you are not American and you're not Australian. I'm British through and through. British. <laughs> British. Well, thank you so much for, for, uh, for joining me today. I know the time zones are a little wacky, so thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, so survival skills for freelancers. Freelancers need survive, survival skills? I believe so. Yeah. And to be fair, I'm going to just start off by just saying that you may not be, you may not identify as being a freelancer. the, The book is really, people have said to me, the skills in the book are valid for anybody, but I focused, um, the advice on the book in the book on freelancers because that is my niche. So I've been a freelancer for 22 years as a marketing copywriter. And um, there are a lot of challenges. We kind of get attracted to this dream of being our own boss and all the freedom and the flexibility that's supposed to come along with freelance life. And that is entirely achievable. You just have to know how to deal with the challenges that come along with the job title. So um, yeah, I wanted to share my 20 odd years of advice and also uh, quotes from over 100 people within the freelance community, all different areas of experience or different industries. Um, Some were new to the uh, freelance life and some were really, really experienced. So yeah, it's not just my voice you're hearing, you're getting 100 freelancers as well. Well, our world has really changed radically. I mean, it's changed in the last couple of years, obviously, with, with COVID uh, and globally people losing their jobs and, and being reduced in hours or their own businesses, um, the brick and mortar businesses having to close. But really, we've seen this shift, I would say, in the last uh, five to 10 years. The dreams of our fathers and forefathers of, you know, working at a company, the same company for 30, 40 years, you know, retiring and getting that watch. Um, those those um, images and visions have have dried up quite a bit. There's very rarely, uh, I believe, people that work in any one particular company that long. And if they do, then it's a lot of times right before they retire, right before they retire, the boss comes in and says, you got to pack your little box up and go. Um, And being, being at the whim of, of an employer, um, it, 
it, it's quite unnerving uh, for many people nowadays as well, because they don't, that's that uncertainty. But then mm-hmm. on the flip side, becoming an entrepreneur or um, a freelancer has its, um, has its pros and its cons. Do you want to go over a few of those? I know what the, some of the pros are because I, I like it because I'm my own boss and I'm a great boss. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, so I think it comes down to this fact that we love the idea of being in control of everything, but then actually when the reality hits and we realize we are in control of everything, that actually comes with its own stresses. So things like... From my perspective, when I first started, I was used to working in this busy, buzzy agency environment. I was working for a magazine publisher in Bristol, and I loved the banter and the the chat of the office. There was always music on. Um, That's probably why I have to always have music on when I'm working. But I really struggled with the isolation. So for me, I'm a people person. I get energized from being around people. But I was working in this top room office in my house just around the corner from where I live now funnily enough and I I only had my cat for company and that was just so different and I, I there was no social media back then so this was 1999 this was way before we had Instagram and LinkedIn and communities online and this sort of thing so that was tough a lot of people find that difficult and I think what comes along with that is that feeling however independent and uh, self-assured you are and self-reliant and all of those good things, however introverted you are, it doesn't mean that you're going to feel comfortable with going through all these challenges because it's very easy to feel like I'm the only person who is struggling with difficult clients. I'm the only person who's struggling with peaks and troughs of not knowing where the next job is coming from. But actually, there are huge communities out there. And once you tap into them, that's one of the secrets. That's actually the first one that I share in the book. And then there are the mental challenges, the ways in which we get in our own way. So the lack of confidence that shows up in terms of self-doubt, imposter syndrome, fear of failure, perfectionism, procrastination, all these ways in which we can get in our own way. And um, yeah, we quite often, I guess, um, we sort of don't give ourselves the opportunities that we could do. So we get offered amazing opportunities really all the time, whether you're tuned into them or not is a different matter. But when an opportunity comes along, whether you grasp that or not is gonna be a lot to do with your confidence. And if you actually say no to an opportunity that is gonna take your business to the next level, or it's gonna take you in personal development terms to the next level, that's kind of holding you back. And a lot of us do that. A lot of us think, oh, I'm not sure I can do that. I've never done that before. There's this great quote from Richard Branson. If someone offers you an amazing opportunity and you don't know how to do it, say yes, and then learn how to do it after. And I think that is so key because it's by saying yes and doing these things, going outside your comfort zone, that that is how you build your confidence as a self-employed person, an entrepreneur, a freelancer. It really works. Oh yeah, I I remember doing that as well. I remember having an opportunity where this was within a business. I was an employee at the time. Well, no, I wasn't even an employee. I was an employee, but I had taken a voluntary um, layoff. So it was literally like, 
and it was so weird because I was so used to going to the office, right? I was used to that camaraderie. I was used to that commute. I had been doing it for so long and, you know, getting my Starbucks at that particular place and all of that. And um, it was probably about a month or two when I was at home and I was starting my home business. And I was like, what do I do? Because you do, you feel like what's okay. I'm very confident in what my skills are, but I have to start this whole thing. I have to create this whole branding and all this stuff. And I got a call from the place that I had left, right? And they said, uh, Christine, we want you to come back and we want you to manage, be the general manager of the radio station. And I was like, what? I was, <laughs> I, was I was thinking I was getting punked, you know? I, I said, wait, wait. Uh, and I was not, I was, um, I was not in a, in a management position I, before. I was a producer, I was on-air host, producer, money raiser. And so I for a, for a split second, I said, I've never done that. I've never been a manager of, you know, 25 employees, 100 uh, volunteers. Wow. And I had that little moment of doubt. And I said, but then another part of me said, why not? <laughs> why not step into it? And you know what? You have support. You have all these people that love you and that, that want you to be there. And um, you'll learn along the way. You'll do the, and say, you'll just do the best that you can. And I did. And I, it was supposed to be for a couple of weeks. It ended up being a year. Wow. And it was a really great experience because my synapses expanded. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. When you step into something that you're not completely comfortable with, but you just step into it and you do yeah. it. Yeah. Your synapses. It's kind of huh, it, it is. It, it absolutely is. And it's the same thing as well for becoming a freelancer, I believe. It's in the beginning, it may feel a little uncomfortable because you don't have that water cooler conversation, you know, and I do, I, I did miss, um, you know, especially with at the office, I did miss the after work going for a glass of wine. Yeah, <laughs> I just, yeah. that's and the especially only thing. Lockdown, you know, even if you had a group of freelancers or self-employed kind of colleagues locally, you, we couldn't even meet up. But of course, now that's that's a little bit easier for us here in the UK, at least. Um, but yeah, there are these challenges that kind of face us that we think, oh, we, we just kind of, we know we have the skills, as you say. So I know when I first started, I knew I had the skills as an editor and a proofreader, which is how I started out. And I was really confident in those skills. But I quickly realized that I would get to the end of a working week. And I went freelance like many women and many parents do because I had my daughter who's now 22 and I knew that I wanted to work part-time so I wanted that freedom I wanted the flexibility to have a job that fitted around my family but I found myself in this position where I knew nothing about being a mom and I knew nothing about running a business and I didn't see freelancing as needing to run a business I just thought oh I'm just going to get paid working for lots of different people doing the editing and the proofreading that I love but you don't realize how much kind of a business end there is around running a business and you do quickly realize that you're not just a freelancer you are in fact a, a self-employed business owner and the quicker you can realize I share this quote in the book, the quicker you can realize that if you want half decent clients with half decent budgets, you need more than a half-assed approach. 
<laughs> yes. You've got to take things seriously. You have to act like a business owner. You have to treat your finances in the same way. Keep, you know, remember to save 25% for the tax bill, for example. Um, and, and as you say, take your branding professionally and show up on social media and be consistent and prove the value of who you are and the services that you deliver. We often kind of forget that those things unnecessary um and then of course there's the pressure of feeling like we have to wear all the hats in our business we have to do our own sales accounts admin it marketing social media management we have to be our own life coach but again i mean certainly when i first started out i i've always had this total inability to ask for help in any area of my life it's just standard (laughs) yeah control freak perfectionist inability to ask for help and I realized that I was having to spend so much in my working week doing this admin and as I say this was before social media so there wasn't even that pressure there was the admin there was drumming up business there was um, keeping in contact with clients keeping clients warm nurturing relationships Um, and then the things like fixing your own computer So I didn't outsource for the first 12, 15 years of my business. (laughs) I would continually be stressed. So this is the reason I thought I should share my own experience within the book, because I've done everything the wrong way, the way I don't want anyone else to have to go through the really slow learning process. I, I had nobody on my side. I kind of built my business on my own with very little help. And I don't want other people to have to go through that. I would have loved to have had a trusted friend or an advisor or a colleague who who was just a few steps ahead of me, who could be going, do you know what, you've got this. All you need to do is do this. This is what you need to know because you don't know what you don't know. When you exactly, exactly. It's the same, it's the same thing. I'm, I, I work with people. I, I teach them how to create their own podcast and YouTube channel, right? A vodcast. So I, I help them um, learn how to do all this. Now I bring all my radio skills and my producing skills from radio into the, the job that I have when I'm coaching people, but it's also because I started off and I had no help. I didn't know what I was doing. And I started from the ground up and I made mistakes and I spent stupid money and I did all those things. And I worked so hard that Mm. now I can train people and go, look, I'm going to show you how to do this simply and without spending a lot of money and without spending too much time. Don't make it complicated. You know, don't don't say you're going to be having a podcast every single week in your intro if you are not able to actually do that and it's a lot of work so maybe you just say welcome to the show right (laughs) um because we do we bite off a bit more than we can chew in any new adventure that we do um i i like what you said too that you didn't you didn't um a lot of people who get into freelancing and and becoming their own um business entrepreneurs they do see the freedom in it as a, as a very alluring and not having a boss, but there, here's the thing. You need to be a good boss yourself. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and that means um, knowing when you need to put those hours in, knowing, mm-hmm. knowing you need to work, 
but also, like you said, wearing a lot of different hats, wearing a lot of different hats, unless you have the ability to outsource. So for marketing and all those other things, can you talk about um, how, how, how you handled all that, especially the, the marketing end? Yeah, uh, yeah, certainly. Well, just to quickly touch on the issue of outsourcing, because as soon as I realized that actually I draw this parallel in the book with um, I needed some decorating done and I had always done my own painting and decorating and I'm not very good at it. I quite clearly did not hang this wallpaper behind me, but um, I, I realized I probably needed about a week's decorating or it would take me about a week. And I thought, well, why don't I consider paying someone else who is their day rate is going to be less than mine. They're going to do a proper pro job. I'm going to be so pleased with it. It's going to take me probably three times as long to do the work as it would take them. And I thought, well, I can get my head around that. That for me is is quite a no brainer. But when it came to outsourcing something, for example, my accounts, like unless you're an accountant, what entrepreneur likes doing their own accounts every year? It's so stressful. It used to kind of feel like it was creeping up on me. So I would have all this headspace and all this pressure. I felt like I had this weight on my shoulders, like, oh God, I've got to do my accounts. And, and that actually doing the accounts might take me 10 hours to pull everything together and to actually file the tax return. But what we think about quite often is, Okay, so if it's taking me 10 hours to do my accounts, I have to be prepared to pay an accountant 10 hours to do my accounts. But it doesn't work that way because the person that you're hiring is an expert. This is all they do day in, day out. This is their field of expertise in the same way as um, brand marketing or copywriting or illustration or whatever it is, is your area of expertise. So it's not gonna take them as long. And also, if you think about it, the time that you are saving, the time and the headspace and the stress and the pressure that you're saving by outsourcing to someone else, it just lightens you. It gives you this extra kind of burst of energy. And then, of course, you've got the time that you can then spend on billable work. So you've got an expert in your corner. So what I always say with outsourcing is look back over any kind of typical as far as it's possible to have a typical week when you're self-employed we all know that's not really a thing but we also know that there are certain tasks that we have to do week in week out and some of those tasks we really don't enjoy we're really not good at and none of them make us money so if you can identify what those tasks are particularly the ones that stress you out the most the ones that you know you're not good at and the ones that you know an expert could be doing like that because it's what they do day in, day out. And then look to outsource those things. And if you start quite small, one of my smallest outsourcing um, expenses is IT support. I have two Macs in my business. And I every time something went wrong with one of my Macs, I'd go down rabbit holes on YouTube trying to look how to fix it. Whereas now I pay 25 pounds. I don't know what this is in um, equivalent in Australian dollars, but 25 pounds per month. And anytime anything goes wrong with my computer, they remote in and they fix it for me within seconds. So I am losing, I'm I'm saving myself that potential downtime that is impacting my business. And I'm also not having to do something I don't know how to do. 
So with those tasks, exactly. Because it's like, if you're not going to go in and change the carburetor on your car, if you're not a mechanic, you're going to take it to a mechanic, but we try, isn't it funny? Because that's the the other thing I wanted to touch on is it seems that as uh, freelancers and entrepreneurs, we tend to, because we're alone, we tend to go it alone. We tend to think it's just us against the world. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I, I like the idea of being able to join forces with other freelancers, because again, mm. we have this mentality of it's just me. I've just got to work harder. It's just, you know, and that's not necessarily true. Even if you're a freelancer, it doesn't mean that you need to go it alone. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, no, going solo doesn't mean going it alone. That's the first chapter of the book. And I think the reason I made it the first of the eight myths that I bust is because I think it is the biggest thing. It's not just to do with the isolation. Like I said earlier, I was used to working in this busy agency environment and I missed having people around me. It's not just about that. It's that it's really easy for us to think, oh my God, I'm the only person who doesn't know what to charge. I'm the only person who's got this horrible feeling of imposter syndrome. I feel like a fraud. I'm the only person who, um, say for example, I have no boundaries. I never say no to clients. I don't know how to walk away from a situation with a client who's quite clearly not the right fit for my business. But actually, once you've got the skills and the tools to do that, you can have so much, you can just basically get more enjoyment from self-employment which really should be what it's all about we love the idea of this freedom this flexibility being our own boss and then as it happens we quite often get off the treadmill of employment and get on to a whole different treadmill the treadmill where we have multiple bosses because we have multiple clients and instead of us taking control we're actually letting them dictate the terms of what hours we work and do we answer the phone at 10 o'clock at night do we work weekends and in some cases even what they pay us so we can really often feel oh god nobody else understands but certainly in the UK alone this is at the start of 2020 so the figures have increased a lot since then my figures need updating. There were 5 million people for the first time, 5 million self-employed people in the UK and 2 million of those were freelancers. So more than anything, we are never alone. And there's always, particularly now my book exists, there's always this reassurance out there. There's always a community that you can lean on and connect with and share your own advice and kind of ask for help and ask for support, but also provide help and support for others. So we're all, have you heard that expression, a rising tide lifts all boats? I've only heard it quite recently, but we're all supporting and helping one another. And through doing that, we all benefit. Yep. Oh, yes. And, and also you'll find that because you have your skill set, right? Well, I, and like, I love the, what the work that you do, because um, also you're a copywriter. So yeah. it's all about the word and it's all about, and it doesn't matter if you're, listen, if you're just, um, if you're a coach and you've got a website telling people you're a coach, you know, you might be a really good coach, but you might not be able to communicate that to the public. That's why you need a copywriter. Same thing if you have a great product, you might have this little gizmo and it is the best invention in the world. But if you don't have a good copywriter, you're not going to be able to communicate 
what it does, why it benefits people, any of that, right? So I yes. love your skill set. And I, I, you know, I, I do. I, I was a writer, an entertainment writer, and it was mostly like just gossip column stuff. It was oh, not wow. what you do at all. <laughs> but I, I love, I, I love the art of writing. And when you're able to, when you're able to communicate a, uh, in just a few words, Mm. key in just a few words a powerful feeling or sentiment and get across to people that is a gift so what I like is is teaming up with people who have skills that I don't have yeah and together this is the thing is that when you get together with another freelancer with another uh, person who has their own business you get to share their their skills with your audience and their audience gets to know about your skills and your expertise. Yeah, and I personally. do think, Sarah, I think we're entering, we're entering a new phase in business. And it used to be that thing of um, there's not enough, the scarcity model, there's not yes. enough. So I'm, I'm going to just promote me and my business and tell the world about me. And I'm not going to share that spotlight with anyone. And mm. I have noticed that the more I share that spotlight and lift, like you said, lift someone else up, mm. it doesn't diminish my abilities. It doesn't, um, it doesn't take away from me at all. If anything, it elevates me. Does that make sense? hundred percent. I talk a lot about this. I've done a lot of webinars and training since I wrote the book and community over competition is how I describe it. So it's all about finding those communities of people, whether you find them in kind of real life networking events or in online um, platforms such as I find Instagram is brilliant for community, but other people prefer Twitter or I'm not a fan of Facebook personally, but Facebook, there are Facebook groups groups out there galore for all the different disciplines of work and freelance life and this sort of thing and um, once you found those communities as you say you're getting to know your colleagues don't see them as your competition because as you say perhaps in the old days when I very first started networking which was years into my business as you know because you've read the book I I used to kind of be closed off I'd go oh gosh there's another copywriter in the room (laughs) Well, I'm not going to go and talk to them because they're my competition. And I think that that um, that attitude sort of comes from a place of fear, doesn't it? It's like you say, we have this scarcity mindset and we think, oh, gosh, there are only so many uh, jobs out there and clients out there. And if I speak to that person who does the same job as me, they might poach my ideas. They might steal my clients, you know. But actually, if we recognize what you've just said, that we're stronger together, we can, it's like um, leveling up in a video game. You know, if I am working with someone who is another freelancer, who's a talented graphic designer or a web designer, and I have a freelance web developer and a freelance photographer and a freelance illustrator, the websites that I can offer my clients are going to be leveled up big time because they're all those extra skills are available to me and they're not my competition they're actually we get to collaborate with other freelancers and by doing so we're helping out another small business owner which in itself is just a fantastic thing to do and it's all deposits in the karma bank I think as well so I was saying um 
when we chatted just before we came on live that I have to say no to a lot of work these days more than ever before because since writing the book I've also started doing mentoring I've started doing training and webinars and workshops as well as the copywriting that is kind of the day job so I say no to a lot of work and because I have this extended freelance community and I know the skills of my freelance colleagues, my freelance friends, I can actually walk away from a situation and say, do you know, I don't have the capacity to take this work on at the moment or this um, this project isn't quite the right fit for my business, but I do know a, a trusted freelance colleague who I can introduce you to if you'd like me to. So that enables you to walk away from a situation with confidence because you're solving the client's problem. So yeah, we being together as a community, we all benefit from that. So much, so much so. And you never know what to what you can also create. You know, that it's it's an energy of and it's an energy of um generosity as well. What I find is that scarcity um mindset that it reminds me of like Schmeagel or uh, I don't know if it's his name Schmeagel in Lord of the Rings when he's he's got the ring and he's like, you know, hat's my ring, ha. (laughs) It's that it's that energy that is it's actually icky. And people yeah. can smell it as well. It's that desperation type yeah. type feeling, and yeah. um, and I've just I've just seen it so much. And and you you call out the law of attraction, you the law of the universe, whatever that might be. The more generous that we are with our digital stages and our um, the people that we come in contact with, I, I do believe that comes back to you. It's just. It does. It does. It does. And that that model. I, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind. Um, would you? Because I know that the um, the book. We're going to put a link in the show notes for people to get a hold of this book. If they're a free, if you're a freelancer, you have to get this book. Um, but I'll put a link in the show notes. Do you want to go through maybe a couple of the steps, a couple of the things like tips that you can give, quick little tips for people who are maybe just starting out as freelancers and they're scared and they're nervous and they just need a, maybe a little bit of guidance. You want to throw out a couple tips? Yeah, for sure. So what, I'm trying to think of some of the things that I haven't already touched on. So I think one of the things that strikes fear into the heart of any freelancer is not knowing where the next job's coming from. So sort of this is a two-part tip. So first of all, this really ties in nicely with what you were just saying about the law of attraction, the law of the universe. When we have a quiet time approaching and we focus on the quiet time, you get more of what you focus on, right? So when you're focusing on a lack of work, it just kind of it kind of paralyzes you. And what happens is you get more of that lack. You kind of, what you need to focus on is having a list of powerful kind of productive, proactive activity that you can do to raise your profile as a freelance business owner. Um, So it might be something to do with um, writing a bank of blog posts that you can then kind of release every two weeks. It might be working on social media content. It might be reading a book, hint, hint. It might be listening to podcasts, listening to audio books, Um, it could be leveling up your skills in a certain area. So for example, I quite recently taught myself Canva and obviously other graphic design tools are are available. I love Canva. 
It's brilliant, isn't it? I find it so intuitive to use. So I now create my workshop slides, my social media graphics. I do everything within Canva. So that has enabled me that that might have been something that I did. I mean, in fairness, I don't really get many quiet times now after 22 years. But um, that is the sort of thing that you want to think, Okay, I've got this great list. And it's almost like you're kind of excited for when a quiet time comes because you're like, great. Now I can get in, get excited about these ways of marketing and showing up for my business and raising awareness, letting the world know who I am, what I do, who I do it for and what problems I solve for my clients. And when you're focusing on this kind of productive, exciting marketing activity, chances are you'll get so kind of engrossed in what you're doing that before you know it, the inquiries will start rolling back in again and you'll barely have noticed that you've got a quiet time. Oh yeah. I, I love that. That's so true. And it's um, considered as upskilling because yeah. when we're so busy, um, you know, when we are busy you know, working and we got client after client and ah, 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 you have no time to breathe. You barely have time to use the restroom and you're like, ah, I just need a break. But I'll do what I'll do is on my because my phone is my you know, I have my calendar on there and yeah. clients can book time with me. But what I'll yeah. do is I'll block out a day or yeah. two days and and in the prime time, right, the hours that I normally see clients, mm. I'll block it out. And I'll say, learn, you know, uh, learn designer or, you know, it's, it's like an ebook program or um, Amazon, like the Kindle um, program, you know, create an ebook, create a new ebook, yeah. learn this, learn that. And yeah. when you do block it off for that, it's like you're going to school or even also to, you know, this is the thing, even if you're a coach or a consultant. Sometimes you need a coach or consultant yourself. Yeah, yeah. And this is the thing. I love getting coached. I love learning. I recently took a, um, a mindset certification program and, oh, wow. and I love the process of it. So now also with, you know, with my um, business, I can expand it and talk about not only helping people create a podcast or a, a YouTube channel, but also putting in the element of, of coaching people on gaining that confidence and creating yeah. that confidence mindset. And so, yeah. and that's what I love. Cause yeah. you know, if, you know, if you've got clients, you're, you're number one, they're hiring you for a particular job, but a lot of times you end up being their, their coach or their therapist. Or their yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Because one of the workshops that I've started delivering since I wrote the book is um, the, the mindset for business success. So it's dealing with all these ways that we, we kind of get uh, the negative self-talk that we can kind of get ourselves into the spirals of, you know, oh, I'm hopeless and oh, I'm going to get found out. All these kind of this, the imposter syndrome and this sort of thing. But yeah, actually learning those things. And I think you touch on a really important issue there. Time blocking is so, so important because when you do get busy and you are consistently billing clients all the time, it's so easy to take your foot off the gas with your own marketing but actually if you book in a slot so say for me my kind of well I, I, I I'm the first to confess I have not got the balance right since I wrote the book I've been doing all this mentoring and all this extra stuff loads of podcast chats I'm into my 50 50 something podcast chats wow. in just over a year 
year. So that's a lot. 50 something live events as well, all on top of the day job. So I haven't got my balance right just yet. I'm working on it, I'm working hard on it. And it's still not happening. But I now have Monday afternoons. That's my time that I do. If somebody sent me an interview or somebody wants me to write kind of a, a guest blog or something like that, that's meant to be when I do it and time blocking is so important because it makes it feel less negotiable you know if you kind of go oh yeah yeah Monday afternoon oh I'll I'll probably earmark Monday for doing this and then a client comes in with some kind of last minute can you do this work and then the tendency is to go oh yeah well I don't want to say no to clients whereas actually if you ask and say is there any wiggle room on that deadline Actually, it would be more convenient for me if I could do it towards the end of the week. I can't take it on at the moment at the start of the week. And in most cases, by the time they've worked with you a little bit, they're totally prepared to yes. wait. Yes, they, they just want you. They, they yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what's important. Um, it's the same with me. Like m- Mondays are my days as well to upskill or to do something that I um, have been putting off sometimes, you know, yeah. because in America, because in it, because in the U.S. it's Sunday, and not not a lot of clients want to book something on a Sunday. It's it's their day of rest. So what? for me, Mondays are um, education, getting things done, organized. That's the other thing. Oh, we haven't even tapped about that. Uh, tapped in about that. If you're a freelancer, you work at home. Organization is key because mm. if you have a bunch of piles of stuff clutter everywhere then believe it or not that clutter is going to affect your mindset and it's going to affect your business and you'll go where did I put that paper for that client well I gave Mm. them a quote oh my gosh oh well here's a here's an apple core here's food from last night you know (laughs) right it slows you down doesn't it it distracts you so I'm naturally a neat freak so I can't relate to ever having piles of clutter (laughs) certainly not apple cores on my desk but I think another thing that relates really closely to that is just the the sheer volume of uh, the number of distractions when you're working from home that all these things that pull your focus off what you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be you know you have a deadline you know that you need to focus on this task and you need to get it done. And actually there is, um, there's housework to be done or you've got kids at home or your partner's being annoying or the TV's on. And it was so much more of an issue in lockdown when we were all stuck at home. But even now, many people who were before working in offices have decided that they're not going back to offices. So this, this advice kind of even applies if you are, um, you're an office, you're, you're an remote employee. Worker, right. But rem- thank you. <laughs> I couldn't think of the term. If you're a remote worker, but you're employed, you still got the same distractions. Maybe someone's in the other room with the TV on or maybe um, the, the the dog needs a walk or something like that. So we've all got these constant distractions. And I think actually digital distractions are probably among the worst because how often do you, I have my phone face down on my desk at the moment, just right here, and it's on airplane mode. So nothing's going to distract me. When I'm working, I put my phone face down and I put it on do not disturb. So I don't get notifications popping up. If I had notifications, like every time I got an email, if I had a little thing pop up in the top right corner of my screen, I would never get any writing done. So I always say, um, did did you in Australia, did you get this Netflix program called The Social Dilemma? Yes, yes. 
wasn't it terrifying yes I switched off all, if for anybody who hasn't seen it I switched off all my notifications after watching that program because it was talking about how the algorithms of the social networks are all carefully designed to tempt you to spend as much time on their networks as possible obviously that, well, that's and, it, and it works it's I mean yeah. it's, it's proven to work and just 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 take try and take a phone off of a teenager just try I dare yeah. you I have an 18 year old and I know for a fact it's not possible. It's not possible. I can't get him with, without earbuds in. Like he's constantly wired to his headphones. Um, but, but I think the first thing you need to do when you've got a deadline or you've got any task that you need to focus on, get really, really um, strict on your time. So switch off all your notifications. Consider something that I do. I don't answer the phone. So um on my website, I direct clients much like you do to my Calendly link. So it's like a, an online scheduler, like Acuity or something like that. And it enables people to find times within my diary that are convenient for them, but are also convenient for me. So when someone books a discovery call through my website, they know that they're getting my undivided attention. Same. If someone phones me when I'm in the middle of writing a website for a client, they are not getting my undivided attention because I'm distracted by the focus. I get hyper focused by what Same. I'm working. Same, exactly. It's the only I'm like, way yeah, I if you, if they, and what we'll say a lot of times, we'll say someone will say, "Do you have a moment?" Or you know, "Can I, can I, um, can I ask you a quick question or something?" And and I'll <laughs> and I'll say, you know what? If it, if I can answer it in a sentence in an email, send me the email, and I'll look at the email when I'm done doing what I'm doing. Um, and then I'll look at the email and I'll look at the question and it'll be something that is no way I could answer in a sentence or two. And I'll just send them my booking link and I'll say, you, I need to, I need to, I need to be focused with you and on a call to, uh. to answer that kind of a question, because this is just so in depth, but yeah, we do. That's why we have those. That's why we have those little services. You know, that's why we, <laughs> and that's part yeah. of being organized, isn't it? Oh, um, yes. I don't know about you. Do you use the Pomodoro technique? I recommend that a lot. What's that? That's a really, the Pomodoro technique. What's that? Normally when I'm in my office, I have a little tomato shaped timer in my office drawer that I use to demonstrate what it is. So Pomodoro is the Italian for tomato. And the technique is based around those tomato shaped kitchen timers that you can get okay. where you just like turn the, you know, turn the tomato and it beeps in 25 minutes. So the idea is based on that, but you can just use your timer on your, um, on your phone or on your tablet um, or just, uh, or, or, I don't know, watch, <laughs> keep, keep track of it on your watch. But there are lots of apps. I use an app called Focus Keeper, which I believe is free. And what it does is you set a timer for 25 minutes, all distractions off, no answering the phone, your phone is on, do not disturb, or your notifications are switched off and you do not touch it. You focus on the task in hand for 25 minutes solid. And this is, it works on the basis that anybody can focus for 25 minutes at a time, you know, however distracted you are, however many distractions you've got to contend with. And then after that 25 minute timer goes off, you take a five minute break. And this is why apps that are designed for the, the Pomodoro technique are good because with Focus Keeper, for example, you do 25 minutes of activity and then it automatically times you for five minutes. And then it automatically says, right, time to get back onto it. And the idea is when you get this five minute break, this is how you build movement and activity into your day. Because 
we all, particularly those of us like like us who get hyper focused, hyper focused, we have to. I have to be reminded to get up and away from my desk. Otherwise, I'm like this, hunched over my desk, typing all day long. I forget to eat. I forget to move. So I get up away from my desk. I keep a set of hand weights in the drawer next to my desk. So I'll do some stretches. I'll go downstairs, stick the kettle on. And while I'm waiting for the kettle to boil, I will maybe stick a wash on or unload the dishwasher. So I'm tackling those household chores that have to be done every day, like the day-to-day kind of things. And then that means that I get to the end of my working day. I've got through my work because I've had these short bite-sized chunks of manageable time to focus on that activity and to get my deadlines nailed. But it also means at the end of the day, I don't have a big pile of chores because I've been tackling them, staying active while I'm doing it. It's amazing, actually, when you've got a five-minute intentional mindful kind of break it's amazing how much you can cram in that is such a great tip that is actually really really good especially for us laser focused you know intense (laughs) just like just not not going anywhere just for hours and hours and hours just pounding things out um I really like that because we do need to take those breaks the curse of the creative I think isn't it I think most creative people can can relate to that because ultimately when we go self-employed we do it to do this thing that we love and when we love doing something we're motivated often to do it anyway so um yeah really important to take break I was on the um I was on the BBC radio locally talking about that very subject the other day because there's this thing called the quarantine 15 uh, in this yes, uh, yes. yeah 50, everybody's put or on 150 pounds <laughs> 15 or 20 um and yeah I was talking about kind of ways in which you can build physical activity into your working day and keep your mental health good because that's that for me is what it's all about oh my gosh I could talk to you forever about <laughs> <laughs> all of this um I just I'm so glad that I, I I'm so glad that I came across your the work that you do and I'm very, very grateful that with the, even, even with the time zones that you were able to come on out of the box with Christine, um, I'll make sure that we put a link to the, uh, the book. We want to make sure that people can go check out the book, but also if they want to find out more about the work that you do, it's uh, the, the website is the same name as the book, right? They can go to yeah, survivals. Was that? Yeah, that's the easiest. I've got, yeah, because survivalskillsforfreelancers.com, that will take you to the link to the book on Amazon. It will take you to my copywriting website. It will connect you with me on social media. So that's the easiest thing, survivalskillsforfreelancers.com. Survivalskillsforfreelancers.com. The link will be in the show notes. And I have to say, I was very much impressed with your website. I went and checked it out. I love the writing. I love the, the, uh, I love the branding. I love the video, the, the introductory video. That's very important too. We didn't even get into that. If you're a freelancer, if you're a coach, consultant, writer, um, it's really important to communicate not only with written word, but also through video. And it just shows, it just shows a different side of you and people love to see you in action. They love to see you doing what you do. So I love that. It was a great, great um, part of the, of the website as well. So thank you so very much, Sarah. I, I enjoyed our time together and you're welcome back on out of the box anytime. 
thank you again so much, Sarah. And um, thank you also, wonderful listeners and viewers on YouTube for joining us again today. Make sure that you subscribe to the show. It's really easy to do. And share this episode for uh, with someone that you think could benefit from it. Until next time, as I always say, remember to think outside that damn box. Bye for now. <laughs>